ಹೌ ಟು ರೆಕಗ್ನೈಸ್ ದಿ ಮೆಥಡ್ ಆಫ್ ವೇದಾಂತ ಬೈ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಸಚ್ಚಿದಾನಂದೇಂದ್ರ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ಅಧ್ಯಾತ್ಮ ಪ್ರಕಾಶ ಕಾರ್ಯಾಲಯ ಹೊಳೆ ನರಸೀಪುರ್ ಹಾಸನ್ ಡಿಸ್ಟ್ರಿಕ್ಟ್ ಕರ್ನಾಟಕ ಇಂಡಿಯಾ ದಿಸ್ ಈಸ್ ದ ಲೆವೆಂತ್ ಬುಕ್ ಇನ್ ಇಂಗ್ಲಿಷ್ ಸೀರೀಸ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಸೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಅಧ್ಯಾತ್ಮ ಗ್ರಂಥಾವಳಿ ಇಂಗ್ಲಿಷ್ ಸೀರೀಸ್ ಪಬ್ಲಿಷರ್ಸ್ ನೋಟ್ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗಣೇಶಾಯ ನಮಃ ಡಾಕ್ಟರ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣಮೂರ್ತಿ ಶಾಸ್ತ್ರಿ ದಂಬೆ ಪುಣಚ ಬಂಟ್ವಾಳ ತಾಲೂಕು ದಕ್ಷಿಣ ಕನ್ನಡ ಜಿಲ್ಲೆ ಕರ್ನಾಟಕ ಭಾರತ ಸೊ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಲೆವೆಂತ್ ಬುಕ್ ನೌ ವಿ ಆರ್ ದಿಸ್ ಈಸ್ ದಿ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಸೆಷನ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಸೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಲಿಸ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಪಬ್ಲಿಷರ್ಸ್ ನೋಟ್ ಸೊ ದ ದಿಸ್ ಈಸ್ ದಿ ಮಾಸ್ಟರ್ಲಿ ಇಂಗ್ಲೀಷ್ ಇಂಟ್ರೊಡಕ್ಷನ್ ಟು ವೇದಾಂತ ಪ್ರಕ್ರಿಯಾ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಭಿಜ್ಞಾ ಆನ್ ಒರಿಜಿನಲ್ ವರ್ಕ್ ಇನ್ ಸ್ಯಾನ್ಸ್ಕ್ರಿಟ್ ಬೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಸಚ್ಚಿದಾನಂದೇಂದ್ರ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ಮಹಾರಾಜ್ ಆನ್ ದಿ ಒನ್ ಕಾಂಪ್ರಹೆನ್ಸಿವ್ ಮೆಥಡ್ ವಿಚ್ ಲೇಸ್ ಬೇರ್ ದಿ ಟ್ರೂ ನೇಚರ್ ಆಫ್ ವೇದಾಂತಿಕ್ ರಿವಿಲೇಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಎಕ್ಸಿಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ರಿಯಾಲಿಟಿ ಆರ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ as as all the copies of the first edition printed way back in 1964 have been sold out this second edition is now printed in response to an ever increasing demand shri swami ji has explained here at some length how the traditional method elucidates the central theme of the upanishads and convincingly reconciles all apparently conflicting doctrines in these sacred works he has also given us a brief account of the history of vedantic thought as far as available from the remotest times up to the time of sarvajnanatma sarvajnatma muni one fact emerges from this brief summary of different vedantic schools prior and subsequent to shankara and his grand preceptor gaudapada side by side with the tradition of absolutism which which these two great teachers have indelibly perpetuated in their works there were other monistic schools which claimed to represent the original upanishadic teachings except for one honorable exception is sureshwara acharya all other post shankara advaitins even while professing to explain shankara have succumbed either to the influence of the ancient monists or to that of the later dualistic vedantins and thus lost sight of the only method which holds the key to the right understanding of the upanishadic teaching swami ji has made this point abundantly clear through his clear uh, critical appreciations of the various schools examined in the body of the present work it is our firm conviction that this is the first attempt of its kind and that it is sure to revolutionize many of the current notions regarding the true nature of shankara's vedanta the introduction is thus in itself a solid contribution to vedantic thought and therefore at the suggestion of some of our friends we are bringing it out as a separate publication for the benefit of those who would have a handy book at a moderate price containing in a nutshell the most up to date reliable information on shankara vedanta pure and simple purged of all later accretions while also giving a critical account of the distinctive features of the sub commentaries of the most important advaitic thinkers <coughs> so vedantaveshwara chairman ap adhyatmarakash uh, karyalaya hole narsipur 17 8 1995 krishna janmashtami now the contents here first one the orthodox view of the upanishads 
ಸೆಕೆಂಡ್ ದ ಸಿಸ್ಟಮ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಮೆಥಡ್ ಆಫ್ ವೇದಾಂತ ಥರ್ಡ್ ದಿ ವೇದಾಂತ ಡಾಕ್ಟ್ರಿನ್ ಆಫ್ ರಿಯಾಲಿಟಿ ಫೋರ್ತ್ ದಿ ಟೂ ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ಸ್ ಫಿಫ್ತ್ ದಿ ಟ್ರೆಡಿಷನ್ ಬಿಫೋರ್ ಶಂಕರ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ತ್ ಏನ್ಷಿಯಂಟ್ ಸಿಸ್ಟಮ್ಸ್ ಡೈವರ್ಜಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ರಾಮ್ ದಿ ಟ್ರೆಡಿಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ಶಂಕರ ಸೆವೆಂತ್ ಪೋಸ್ಟ್ ಶಂಕರ ಸಿಸ್ಟಮ್ಸ್ ನೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಕನ್ಕ್ಲೂಷನ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ಲಿ ಸೊ ವಿ ಶೆಲ್ ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟ್ ದಿಸ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಸೆಷನ್ ಹೌ ಟು ರೆಕಗ್ನೈಸ್ ದಿ ಮೆಥಡ್ ಆಫ್ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸೆಕ್ಷನ್ ಒನ್ ದಿ ಆರ್ಥೋಡಾಕ್ಸ್ ವ್ಯೂ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಉಪನಿಷತ್ಸ್ ಒನ್ ಕ್ವೆಶನ್ಸ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಪಜಲ್ ದ ಸ್ಟೂಡೆಂಟ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ವೇದಾಂತ ಮಾಡರ್ನ್ ಸ್ಟೂಡೆಂಟ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಉಪನಿಷತ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಆಫನ್ ಬಿವಿಲ್ಡರ್ಡ್ ಬೈ ದ ನ್ಯೂಮರಸ್ ಕಾನ್ಫ್ಲಿಕ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ಒಪಿನಿಯನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ರಿಸರ್ಚ್ ಸ್ಕಾಲರ್ಸ್ ನೋ ಲೆಸ್ ದ್ಯಾನ್ ಬೈ ದಿ ವೇರಿಯಸ್ ಪ್ರೆಸೆಂಟೇಷನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಸಿಸ್ಟಮ್ ಆಫ್ ಥಾಟ್ ಕಂಟೈನ್ಡ್ ಇನ್ ದೋಸ್ ಸೇಕ್ರೆಡ್ ವರ್ಕ್ಸ್ which is the genuine system of vedanta if there be any contained in the classical upanishads and what is the method if there be one adopted therein to develop the, that system is there any unity of teaching as claimed by tradition in these upanishads the bhagavad gita and the brahma sutras would it be possible to determine the system of vedanta by an independent study of the upanishads or with the help of the bhagavad gita and brahma sutras or if we are obliged to take any interpreter as a safe guide in this matter how is he to be spotted and on what principles are we to determine his system itself in case we happen to have various accounts of it clashing with one another and finally if we do light upon a system of vedanta what is the value to be attached to it based as it is on the vedas when compared to the advanced philosophies of modern independent thinkers of the west both to the orthodox pandits of the several schools of vedanta and to that section of our college educated young men who invariably look to research scholars for inspiration in such matters it is a matter of indifference how these and other kindred questions are answered the former look on their respective bhashyakaras as an authority beyond all doubt and dispute and armed to the teeth with quotations and principles of exegesis and scholastic logic they are ever ready to defend their views against all opposition and the later group rest content with voicing forth the opinion of the particular scholar whom they admire most the present treatise however is intended for the orthodox section of critical students of vedanta who are not biased either way but are earnestly seeking after any real help in arriving at a satisfactory conclusion in the matter second topic independent study of the prasthanas fruitless independent study of the prasthanas is fruitless scholars are divided in their opinion as to whether or not students of three prasthanas of vedanta to wit the upanishads the bhagavad gita and the brahma sutras should be guided by a particular commentator in the body of the present work chapter 2 i have explained why an independent study of these three divisions of vedantic works is not likely to be helpful in ascertaining either the system presented therein or the method adopted to work it out modern scholars eastern or western have come pretty much to same conclusion though for different reasons here are some specimens of their pronouncements one a system of the upanishads strictly speaking does not exist for these treatises are not the work of a single genius 
but the total philosophical product of an entire epoch second there is little that is spiritual in all this this empty intellectual conception void of spirituality is the highest form that the indian mind is capable of this is the second one third if anything is evident even on a cursory view of the upanishads and the impression so created is also is only strengthened by a more careful investigation it is that they do not constitute a systematic whole if we understand by philosophy a philosophical system coherent in all its parts free from all contradictions and allowing room for all the different statements made in all the chief upanishads a philosophy of the upanishads cannot even be spoken of fourth one for gaining an insight into the early growth of indian philosophic thought this period the upanishadic period is in fact the most valuable though of a systematized philosophy in our sense of the word it contains as yet little or nothing that's max muller with us a philosophy always means something systematic while that we find here in the upanishads are philosophic rhapsodies rather than consecutive treatises next fifth the upanishads had no set theory of philosophy or dogmatic scheme of theology to propound they hint at the truth in life but not as at in science or philosophy so numerous so numerous are their suggestions of truth so various are their guesses at god that almost anybody may seek in them what he wants and find what he seeks and every school of dogmatics may congratulate itself on finding its own doctrine in the sayings of the upanishads yes radha krishna next sixth the difficulty of assuring oneself that any interpretation is absolutely the right one is enhanced by the fact that germs of diverse kinds of thoughts are found scattered over the upanishads which are not worked out in a systematic manner das gupta under these circumstances it is necessary that a modern interpreter of the upanishads should turn a deaf ear to the absolute claims of these exponents and look upon the upanishads not as a systematic treatise but as a repository of diverse currents of thought the melting pot in which all later philosophic ideas were still in a state of fusion so much for the upanishads independently studied and what about the gita i shall begin with a quotation from swami vivekananda then the gita no better commentary on the vedas has been written or can be written the essence of the shrutis or of the upanishads is hard to be understood seeing that there are so many commentators each one trying to interpret in his own way then the lord himself comes he who is the inspirer of the shrutis to show us the meaning of them as the preacher of the gita and today india wants nothing better the world wants nothing better than that method of interpretation and yet this divine commentary has met with no better fate at the hands of not only indigenous commentators but also of the scholars who charged them with being wrapped warped by the uh, preconceived notions the warring interpretations of the former are well known to our readers i shall therefore rest content with exhibiting very briefly what the independent interpreters of the gita have got to say an extract from dr s radhakrishnan's indian philosophy will be quite sufficient in my opinion for our present purpose 
finding that the gita is not a consistent piece of doctrine different writers try to account for it in different ways garbe and hopkins suppose that several writers in different centuries have been at work upon it according to garbe the original gita was written in the second century bc as a thesis uh, theistic tract based on the uh, sankhya yoga <coughs> though in the second century ad it was adopted by the upholders of the upanishad monism these two doctrines the theistic and the pantheistic are mixed up with each other and follow each other sometimes quite unconnected and sometimes loosely connected and it is not the case that the one is represented as a lower exoteric and the other as the higher esoteric doctrine <coughs> hopkins makes the gita a krishnaite version of a vishnuite poem which was itself a late upanishad keith believes that it was originally an upanishad of the type of shweta shudra but was later adopted to the cult to the cult of krishna holtzman looks upon it as vishnuite remodeling of a pantheistic poem barnett thinks that different streams of tradition became confused in the mind of the author duson duson makes it a late product of the degeneration of the monistic thought of the upanishads belonging to a period of transition from theism to realistic atheism Radhakrishnan himself is of the opinion that there is no need to accept any of these conjectures. The Gita is an application of the Upanishad ideal to the new situations which arose at the time of the Mahabharata in adopting the idealism of the Upanishads to a uh, theistically minded people. It attempts to derive a religion from the Upanishad philosophy. Professor Dasgupta writes, I suppose it has been amply proved that in the light of an Uh, uncontradicted tradition of the mahabharata and the pancharatra pancharatra literature the gita used to be regarded as a work of the bhagavata school and an internal analysis of the work also shows that the gita is neither an ordinary sankhya nor a vedanta work but represents some older system wherein the views of an earlier school of sankhya are mixed up with vedantic ideas different from the vedanta as interpreted by shankara let us now turn to the brahma sutras difficulty in determining their their purport independently is too obvious to require any proof attempts have been made however to ascertain whether or not they faithfully interpret the import of the upanishads with equally genuine results i shall quote a few opinions of scholars who have studied the problem from different standpoints one george tibot who has translated the vedanta sutras with shankara bhash shankara's bhashas says there are moreover other facts in the history of indian philosophy and theology which help us better to appreciate the possibility of badrayana sutras already setting forth a doctrine that lays greater stress on the personal character of the highest being than is in agreement with the prevailing tendency of the upanishads that the pure doctrine of these ancient brahmanical treatises underwent at a rather early period amalgamations with beliefs which most probably had sprung up in altogether different priestly priestly or non priestly communities in a well known circumstance the attempts of a certain set of indian commentators to explain it the bhagavad gita as setting forth pure vedanta that is the pure doctrine of the upanishads may simply be set aside but this same bhagavad gita is quoted in the badrayana sutras at least 
according to the unanimous explanations of the most eminent scholars uh, schoolyards of different schools as inferior to shruti only in authority the sutras moreover refer in different places to certain vedantic portions of the mahabharata especially the 12th book several of which represent forms of vedanta distinctly different uh, differing from shankara's teaching and closely related to the system of the bhagavatas facts of this nature from entering into the details of which we are prevented by want of space tend to mitigate the prima facie strangeness of the assumption that the vedantic sutras which occupy an intermediate position between the upanishads and shankara should yet diverge in their teaching from both dushan who had explained the sutras in accordance with his own light had this to say on the subject the sutras become a connected whole only through the explanations interwoven among them by oral or written exposition for without this the 555 sutras consisting for the most part of two or three words each in which our author lays down the whole vedanta system are utterly unintelligible especially as they contain not so much the leading words of the system as the catch words for the memory to grasp and these seldom exhibit the main matter but frequently uh, something quite subordinate have often a quite general indeterminate form which fits the most different circumstances and leaves everything to the interpreter and radhakrishnan writes thus the sutras are unintelligible by themselves and leave everything to the interpreter they refuse proteus like to be caught in any definite shape their teaching is interpreted sometimes in the brief in the bright hues of personal theism sometimes in the gray abstractions of absolutism another indian scholar writes as follows it seems that badarayana the writer of brahma sutra was probably more a theist than an absolutist like his commentator shankara a study of the extant commentaries on the brahma sutras of badarayana by the adherents of different schools of thought leaves us convinced that these sutras were regarded by all as condensations of the teaching of the upanishads i trust that the above extracts will be quite sufficient to convince the readers that the peculiar method of approach adopted by the research scholars has uniformly acted as a self imposed barrier in their way to the heart of the three prasthanas they start in the first place with a firm conviction that there can be no philosophy in the upanishads and in the second place feel sure that a historical development of thought can be traced from the upanishadic period down to our own times and hence that it is a wild goose chase to go in search of a system common to all the three divisions of vedantic works as the orthodox pandits do they are moreover obsessed by the idea that philosophy in the western sense is the only one possible in the nature of things that speculation is the only means of ascertaining the truth and that eternal truths as contrasted with growing theoretical truths are beyond human ken it is therefore most unlikely that the western way of thinking can ever aspire to appreciate genuine vedanta so long as the fundamental attitude and the traditional methods of the upanishads and kindred writings are not taken into the account into account <coughs> third one primary importance of shankara's bhashyas i think we shall continue this in the next session
सो दिस इज द फर्स्ट सेशन इन हाउ टू रेकग्नाइज द मेथड ऑफ वेदांता बै श्री श्री सच्चिदानंदी सरस्वती स्वामीजी स्वामीजी चरणारविंद अर्पित मस्तु ओं तत्सत सर्वे जना सुखिनो